Too many breathing treatments. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And then they had forgotten the victory over the beast, and over the, his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name. Thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. 
And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in the pure and the white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who lived forever and forever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 19 through 23, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, 19 through 23, having therefore, brethren, behold a boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the truth heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. We recently spoke of Esther entering into the king's chamber in a similar fashion as the studies today speak of entering into the holiness of the fullness of God. And I feel to speak about the entrance into the most holy place again. The book of Revelations is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ. That is first and foremost what a book is about. Regardless of what other details are mentioned in that book. We want this book and apply it to ourselves as individuals. I want to apply it in regards to your growth and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your personal kind of Christianity, so to speak. We find Jesus, the Lamb, redeeming us with his blood in Revelations 4 after some introductory thoughts in the first three chapters. And then by the time we get to the back of the book, there is a river of life flowing from the throne of God. Do we know what the river of life is in reality? Well, in John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39, John chapter 7, just write it down. John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this is the key of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive, receive from the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He had not ascended yet to be glorified. John chapter four, verse 10. John chapter four, verse 10. And Jesus answered and he said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, 
Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. In John 4.14, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, and a well of water springeth up into everlasting life. Into everlasting life. Say that with me. Into everlasting life. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Ghost flowing, say flowing, flowing through our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So between the time we are saved and the time that the Spirit is able to flow through our lives continually like a river of living water, there is some work God needs to do in our lives. Amen? This constant flow of the river of life from our lives is, is not simply having received the Holy Ghost on a, a day years ago and sitting in the church service each week. It is, it is a lively Christianity in which our relationship with God is A1 and you are flowing forth with God's will and, and the power of God and are overcoming each day of your life. You're overcoming temptations. You're overcoming sin. You're overcoming and staying filled with the Holy Ghost and not half filled or almost empty. Somebody say amen. Throw your hands to heaven and shout in today. So it's rivers of Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit in filling coming from you. Glory to God. When you look upon someone and, and you look you, you, you look through the through the lens of the of the Holy Spirit, you see that 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 vapor of the Holy Spirit just coming out from someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like varying degrees of the Holy Ghost experiencing it every day of your life. Some are only ankle deep, like Ezekiel. Others go further and are knee deep. And, and then waist deep, and finally others swim in it. Hallelujah. There are degrees to your relationship with the Holy Ghost. And rivers speak of, of people overflowing and affecting others by it. Hallelujah. Too many only barely get enough flowing for themselves, and, and that does not get them out of them to affect others. They're too much in need themselves. They're too much in need just for themselves. So we need to get from, from the salvation experience over to the river flowing from us experience. Amen? And the salvation of Jesus uh, is going to do the trick for you and for me. If you're bound at all, then the truth shall set you free. I'm going to say that again. If you're bound at all, then the truth will make you free. It's going to set you free. Hallelujah. In one passage of our opening text, we read that no man was able to enter the holiness until the plagues were fulfilled. In other passages, we are told to enter the holiness by having boldness and the true heart that is in full assurance. In Revelation 15, 8, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God 
and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Hebrews 10 and 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness, say that with me, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody needs to say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So let us combine these two pictures. Combine these two pictures together to, and realize that without assurance of the boldness, we will not enter into the holiness, into the holiest of holies. It's as though the holiest in Revelation 15, with his smoke and the glory in which no man can enter until certain plagues are fulfilled. When I say man, I'm talking about men and women all together. Um, it's like the holiest God wants us to enter into the boldness and the assurance of God. The holiness was a room in the deepest, deepest part of the temple of God in the Old Testament where God's very presence existed in a special way, in a special way. Only one man could enter into the room during the times before Jesus because it represented the fact that uh, back in at that time, nobody was made fit to be able to uh, fellowship with God's presence. All of man was sinful ever since Adam sinned. But in Hebrews 6.19 tells us that we are able to enter into the holiness place because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Praise be to the Lord. Hebrews 6.19.20, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into the, which in, uh, within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest for even after the order of that. Praise God. I think they cut that off prematurely. Even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. At this point, I wish to say that Christ's work fulfilled everything we ever needed fulfilled in order to be able to fellowship with God and not be so separated that we must die and be sent to hell due to not being able to be with uh, God. But lack of understanding, this wonderful work of Jesus will leave some people with the feeling they cannot enter into the place of fellowship with God. And that leaves them awkward when it comes to anything to do with God. The church is the, is the group of God's people who are purged from their sins. They are the ones who can fellowship with God's presence. And the folks who do not comprehend the work of God in their lives will sit. Uh, their feelings, they are, are not good enough to get involved. That's, we see that in churches today. That's not right. Too many people are not involved in church work of God in this world. And when they are alone, they feel so useless before God that they, they do not even get involved with the personal times with him. They feel awkward. And that's not right. Jesus made it so that we can enter into that personal relationship with the Father. First John chapter 3, verse 21. Beloved, say beloved. Beloved, if our heart condemned us not, then have we confidence towards God. People do not have confidence towards God because their hearts condemn them. We should be able to go to God after we are saved and enjoy God. Amen. 
but so many do not enjoy God. The closest thing to enjoying God for them is enjoying a church service or enjoying a Christian song, but they do not enjoy God. That's sad. If you lack confidence, you may enjoy Christian music or Christian fellowship. You can enjoy Christian people, but you will not enjoy the greatest thing of all. You will not enjoy God himself. When the issue of God himself comes up, you will begin to feel the, the sting of condemnation and, and back away. Don't back away. Your worship is, is stunted and weak because that deals with God himself. Your times at the altar are unfulfilling. I've seen people talk and talk and talk when the issue of politics and news or weather come up. But when it comes to things of God, these same people are silent. Our church service is filling with many things. We have singing and prayers and testimony all at, at, at all times. And we have preaching. But the most important part is the part that tells whether or not you have confidence towards God. It's when no other person is related to us through their songs, through their testimony or their sermon. It's when the only one you are now dealing with is God. And that time comes at an altar service. There people talk to him personally. There they reach out and they allow him to actually move upon their lives. The altar time is truly the most practical time of the service. Our entire goal is to be led, to lead you towards your own relationship with God. And that chance is given in, in every service at the altar. The word teaches us that flesh in your heart, have a fresh heart, excuse me, and it's a chance to deal with anything in the word that applies to you and with your Lord. The word has been has been wasted on songs, have been wasted if, if, if we do not take all that has occurred in the service to the Lord in prayer. God is too alien to those who feel uncomfortable in this ultimate time of our own fellowship towards our church. You see, the altar service is the one example of taking the steps to go into the holy of holies, into the time of very personal relationship between you, yourself, and God. There are many such times. Other times in which we become personal with God are times of prayer at home, in your prayer closet. Let's not make God our last chance. Make God your first choice. The amount of time that you take to pray at home in, in the course of a day or a week or determines your confidence and lack of the entire entering through the holiness. It may be something as simple as praying for a meal. And how we are able to do these things when other people are present really shows how much confidence we have in God. Starving down their food. They don't bother to thank God for the blessing of the meal. Some markers we can consider in wondering how free and comfortable we are before God himself are those above things. If we can barely do any of these things, it is due to one of two things. Lack of really believing that God is real to begin with, or the lack of confidence towards God due to condemnation within. Our altar service at the church is not only a place where sinners come to get hold of God, 
first-timer to receive the Holy Ghost baptism for the first time. That is perhaps why some people do not really get involved at the altar service. They figure they've been there once and already got the Holy Ghost. It's the same error thinking the groups that believe that they simply get our sins dealt with and wait for the rapture to get our bodies changed for God forever. How meager, how scant such a concept is. We are to grow into a relationship with God after we, we are saved. We are to allow the power of God to work through our lives now, each day. We are to see the Spirit flow through our beings like rivers of living water each and every day. There are the supernatural works that need to be done on a daily basis in order to help us reach around the world. No wonder the world is at war. Our country has turned its face against God. Gifts of the Spirit to operate for more than only the pastors and evangelists. This country needs to remember God. Hallelujah. What are we doing in the supernatural more than the church groups that we do not even believe in getting the same spirit baptism that speaking in tongues or the apostle God? We're supposed to be we're supposed to be God's children, but where are the miracles among the saints? Where are those miracles in the church today? The churches are afraid of them. They're afraid someone might speak in tongues and they'd be embarrassed as a church. And we're supposed to grow in the power over sin and temptations, and we should overcome troubles that come our way. They're afraid that if someone is committing adultery in the church and they say something, the tithing will go down. Confidence. You know, you can tell someone they're purged and they're free to enter into holiness. But that will not necessarily mean that they will then go ahead and enter the holiness. The holy of holies. If they do not understand why they can enter in, telling them that they can will not be enough to see them do it. We've stopped teaching Christianity in the church. Oh, we preach wonderful sermons once a week. They must understand why and work out for themselves. But like working out a math problem for yourself instead of just being told the answer. When you know why you can enter into the Holy of Holies, you will enter in. You will have confidence. It's like saying to the true believing, you, you can lay hands upon the sick to see them. Recover will cause you to actually go ahead and lay hands upon the sick. You will only do the things that you have confidence that you can do. Adam was in the garden version of the holies of holies. He walked around in there with confidence. Why? How could he walk freely around in there where God's presence itself could be found? It was because he had absolutely no sin consciousness. It was not until after he sinned that God's approaching presence drove him into hiding. Revelation says nobody, nobody, nobody could enter the Holy of Holies until the plagues were fulfilled. The fact is the Lamb redeemed us to God by his blood. Way back at Revelations 5, chapter 9 through 10. The four beasts, the 24 elders declared it. The Lamb ascended into the... John counted in John seven thirty nine. 
that this was not actually available at the time yet because Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, he had not died and resurrected to ascend to, into the holiness with his blood. John 7, chapter 38 and 39, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he out of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In Revelations 5, Jesus is glorified and redeems us. Say it again. In Revelations 5, Jesus is glorified and redeems us. You've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Your salvation is ensured by the blood of Christ and the grace of God. In Revelations 22.1, And he showed me a pure river of living of water of life, clear as a crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And this is not some future thing, because we read Revelations 22 and 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and him that thirst come, and for whosoever will, let them take of the water of life freely. We are told to come right now and drink of the water of life. After we read of the river of the life flowing in the first verse, the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It lays out the facts about Jesus. It is very symbolic and a very symbolic matter, but it's still the fact of Jesus. And we need to know the facts in order for us to have confidence and enter into the full revelation, the full relationship, excuse me, with him. We need to stop messing around in our Christianity and bring it up to specs where it should be and enjoy all the very personal things with God. It's the Holy of Holies. Nahochus, the Holy of Holies. Apache, Nahochus, Holy of Holies. Let me point out, this is the temple in Revelation speaks of. And it actually is speaking about the holiness or the holiest and not just the entire temple with its outer court and the holy places. This points to the holy of holies. It's speaking about a place you can enter right here on earth for it's not a physical place, but it's a place of a relationship with God. You can have two people sitting here this morning and one is in the outer court and the other in, in the holiness. It's a matter of how confident you are in going ahead and enjoying the presence of the Lord within, without intimidation or lack of confidence between you and your maker, you and your creator, you and your God, you and God himself. Are you free to enjoy the presence of God openly? Don't put up with the lack of confidence in being able to be free in any church service. I could walk into, into a Buddhist service, a Jewish service, a Catholic service. I don't care. Pentecostal service, a Baptist service, a Protestant. I don't care. I would be comfortable there because I would be there with God, with my personal relationship with my Lord and my Savior. Forget about any excuse you have used as to why you don't relax and enjoy God's presence. Oh, 
that preacher's boring. Oh, that preacher's too loud. Oh, that preacher's too too soft. Oh, it's too cold there. Oh, it's too hot there. They shout too loud. They, they're too soft. The music I don't like. If you're walking in the confidence of God and you have that personal relationship with your heavenly father, all you're going to hear is God. Amen. before they entered, even entered Canaan. Moses had had a song of their time in the wilderness when they crossed the Red Sea, and he had a song at the end in the wilderness when Moses gave his last words to Israel in Deuteronomy. Notice all the Exodus pictures. A sea of glass with fire in it, making it a Red Sea in appearance. A song of Moses. And after this, son, the holiness holiest was open and out walked seven angels and one of the beasts that cried the lamb redeemed them in chapter 4 gave the angels seven vials full of plagues the plagues were also noted in exodus when god hammered egypt and some of the plagues were that here were those accomplished in egypt it's god hammering egypt all over again and their exit and there exists in many of God's people a lot of Egypt. He took them out of Egypt, but he needs to take Egypt out of them, out of their thinking. And when the angels receive the vials, the, the holiest fills with smoke. And nobody is able to enter in until the plagues are fulfilled. That is the very sim similar to some Christians who cannot either enter into the holiest through the work was done to let them enter. They cannot enter because they are condemned. And the reason they are condemned is because they do not understand. So the vials can be seen as truths that God is giving to us that hammer away at the lying, incorrect Egypt thinking from our minds. He will hammer away at those lies in our minds with his word until the work is finally fulfilled. And then after the plagues upon Egypt are fulfilled, we can enter the holies. Of holies. In Revelations 15, verse 8. Revelations 15, verse 8. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And look what we read after the last plague is fulfilled. Revelation 16, 17. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. The seventh plague said, it is done. It is finished. Sound familiar? It is finished. That's what Jesus cried out when he, when he finished his work to save us by dying. Now that we are saved, we have to get the truth of the finished work in our minds. And when God has fulfilled, hammering out every false concept from your mind, from your heart, from your soul, then we'll understand the truths of Jesus 
and clearly see that you can freely enter into the Holy of Holies right now. Right now. But until those lies are removed from your thinking, you cannot enter the Holy of Holies. And what did the plagues destroy in the book of Exodus? They destroyed elements of Egypt. Egypt is receiving plagues here. And it's Egypt in our minds all over again, in which an entire world of thinking is being dealt with. As much as God made the world and all that is in it, in Genesis 1, God is hammering the world that became Egypt with the devil as the pharaoh of it all. And the world in our minds is in is an incorrect one. It needs to be destroyed. God needs to align our thinking up with the realities that concern you since you have been saved. Is there one thing we need to understand in our Christian walk is that we do not need to think only one can go into the Holy of Holies as long as it's not you. We need that false concept hammered out of you and I. We need the concept destroyed. Our world is in our minds. The truth of the finished work of Jesus Christ will remove the false world thinking in you. It will correct us. And then the truth have their way in us. We will enter into the holy of holies. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 and 6, And the mixed multitude was among them, fell a lusting, and the child of Israel, the children of Israel, wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. The people began thinking of Egyptian food instead of food from heaven. We've got something better than Egyptian food. We've got manna from heaven. We've got the kingdom of God instead of slavery in Egypt. But if Egypt fills your mind, then your Christianity is not much better than slavery. You need to be corrected. What is going to get the spirit flowing out of us like rivers of living water is the truth clearing out the obstructions of the river that exists in our minds and in our form of false concepts and false thinking. We think we're not fit for the awesome things of God's kingdom. We need to know we are fit. Let me pour out a plague to that lie in your mind right now. Do you recall that the plagues conquered Egypt? One after another, Egypt was hammered. God needs to instruct us as to just how much our old existence and old life in the Egypt of the world was destroyed. Get your faith built up by believing what the Word of God says. Mix the Word of, with faith. When you get into God's Word, build it up with your faith. In other words, apply this truth to your life. You did once before. You can do it again. There is work to be done, my friend, my brothers, my sisters. In getting your thinking straightened out, but the finishing work on the cross teaches that everything required to supply us with all your needs has been finished by the cross, by the blood of Jesus. 
The cross finished all the work necessary to provide you with the equipment to see everything need and every need met. Work is still necessary after the cross, but not to supply us with what we need. The finished work on the cross refers to what work was necessary to give us what we need to have total victory. You have total victory over death, hell, and the grave. You have total victory. And every need, he said, shall be met if you just believe. Now, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may he make his face to shine upon you. And I pray that blessing, that those rivers of living water would flow through your belly. And you would feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit like never before. God bless each and every one of you.